Hi guys, my name is Iyaba and I am the host of the Baltic Startup Mafia podcast. This is the month when uh, the first startup event after COVID-19 pandemic lockdown is going to take place in Tallinn, Estonia. Yes, Latitude 59 is back on track on August 27 and 28, a bit later than usually and with a lot of stuff online, but still, it feels at least a bit like uh, back to normal. This time, before news section of the podcast, I would like to do a little Baltic Startup Mafia podcast promo. I recently was super happy to get the message from one of the recent guests of uh, the podcast, co-founder and CEO of the startup, Ask Robin. And this is what he wrote. Quote, I was a bit surprised when Top Tire VC from UK reached out to me another day. They already knew the story of Ask Robin as uh, they have listened to Baltic Startup Mafia podcast. I just uh, wanted to make sure you know how much positive impact your work generates to startup community. Quote ends. It is so great to hear stories like this that uh, my work uh, does something for this uh, Baltic startup community. So uh, thanks, Ryan, for reaching out and uh, sharing this inspirational experience. That was the fun part, but uh, now let's move to the serious one. Here are recent news stories from Baltics. Estonians already a couple of months are dominating uh, the Baltic startup scene in terms of uh, money raised. This is the reason why the big interview on the second part of the podcast is again going to be with the Estonian guy. This time it is CEO of the company Rangeforce, Tavi Must. Rangeforce has recently closed an early stage funding round with the investment of $16 million. Company operates a remotely accessible cyber skills training platform that enterprise customers can use to teach their employees how to deal with cyber attacks. There were two more significant investment stories recently in Estonia. Healthcare startup Transformative announced it has raised a $1.7 million seed round. First, patented technology of the company predicts sudden cardiac arrest by analyzing data from patient monitoring devices that are standard in hospitals. Globally, 6 million people die from sudden cardiac arrest annually. But there is a new hope, says the chairman of the National Coalition on Healthcare, the former CEO of the American College of Cardiology and advisor of the startup transformative Jack Levin. Quote, Transformative has developed amazing and disruptive technology capable of predicting sudden cardiac arrest minutes to hours in advance and with 94% accuracy. Transformative will soon help physicians and hospitals save many thousands of lives each year. Quote ends. The second story is about Montonio. It is Estonian startup that has announced raising 500,000 euro in a new pre-seed round. Montonio is a point-of-sales financing solution that uh, allows online shoppers to receive several installment offers from competing creditors with a single credit application from which the most suitable one can be chosen. Montonio acts as a credit marketplace where the customer's credit application is submitted to their partner creditors. Thus, the credit is provided at a much more competitive rate compared to the competitors. However, Montonio does not provide the credit themselves. 
Let's continue with fintech and uh, jump to Latvia. There was a first ever Latvian fintech report published last month. Svetbank Latvia partnered with the Latvian Startup Association for an in-depth survey of active companies in Latvia with the aim to take the temperature of the current fintech landscape. Survey respondents represent 40% of all currently active fintech startups registered in Latvia, offering a deeper view into the current trends of the fintech ecosystem. Unfortunately, it is uh, quite hard to find the link to this uh, report, so I will put it in the show notes for those who are interested to take a deeper look. One more story that is worth to mention. Two Latvian startup companies with similar names, Printify and Printful, have reached the agreement in U.S. court battle. Printful filled the complaint in the late uh, 2019, claiming Printify had illegally copied and altered the software code created by Printful for their integration with the e-commerce platform WooCommerce. Now the two companies have reached an agreement that includes more than $100,000 in compensation for Printful and the court issued obligation for Printify not to pursue any further activities that violate Printful's intellectual property rights. Both parties claim to be satisfied with the outcome. In Lithuania, things are a bit calmer. Startup Ligens got investment of 260,000 euro from venture capital fund Co-Investment Fund, together with the members of the Lithuanian business angel network Lidban. The total investment in the startup is uh, 360,000 euro. Ligensi has developed software with artificial intelligence solutions for heart disease examination. Currently, cardiac ultrasound imaging requires doctors to do a lot of manual work. They must press buttons on the ultrasonic apparatus and the quality of the examination itself depends on the skills and experience of the doctor. For this reason, the Ligensi team of eight young medics came up with an idea of creating a software which automates cardiac ultrasound imaging. In other words, software that uh, performs heart measurements itself and helps to diagnose heart changes if any are present. And let's finish startup news section with one fintech story from Lithuania. Opera Software, that is uh, the Norwegian but now Chinese-owned company that's uh, been in the business of making browsers and applications since 1994, announced that it will soon be launching its first consumer fintech offering for the European market. To enable that, the company has acquired the fully digital neobank Fjordbank, a Lithuania-based startup that was uh, founded by a group of Norwegian and Swedish investors three years ago. The deal to purchase Fjordbank, which is uh, subject to regulatory approval, will enable Opera to further accelerate its fintech operations in Europe by launching new disruptive services aimed at improving consumers' personal finances, the company said in the statement. Earlier this year, the Oslo headquartered browser maker acquired the Estonian startup Pocosis, that develops banking as a service software. This is it for news stories, but it's time for the big interview. I have been talking to Tavi Must, CEO and co-founder of the Estonian company Rangeforce that recently raised $16 million in early stage funding round. Tavi was previously involved in NATO cyber range in Estonia. He gained the knowledge and experience that he further used to create a great tool for companies to help them to ensure cybersecurity. Each time I start uh, with the pitch, so um, let's do it um, also this time. So could you pitch Rageforce? 
Yeah, so uh, Rangeforce helps to build and measure cyber skills. And uh, we really believe that uh, uh, you can't learn how to defend systems without uh, hands-on practice. And uh, that's we have built a simulator where security teams and IT operations teams can learn cyber defense uh, under real attacks. So it's pretty much the same way as uh, pilots. They go to train in simulators. So we have built uh, a simulator for IT operations people, for security people, so they can really go and have hands-on practice on, on defensive sites. So that's what we do. Where do you get those ideas about uh, cyber attacks? There is obviously new cyber attacks around us, and our team has um, uh, we have a number of security experts, and uh, they are really in that world, so they can uh, see what's what's the latest and uh, and uh, implement those attacks in the on, on our platform. But also, what we have seen is that it's um, a large number of pretty old types of attacks, which, uh, what have been there since nineties. Uh, so we have to also implement the, uh, those attacks. So there is a lot to do to make sure that we cover all the all the spectrum. You have an um, interesting background. As I understood, uh, you have been working uh, with the um, NATO cyber range in Estonia, right? Can you share a bit of ex- uh, your experience? Almost true. Uh, to be honest, so what I do is I build the teams and one of my teams in, in, in Privet Shop actually helped you build this uh, uh, cyber range. But yeah, I started actually as a developer, not as a, a security person, and then moved to, to Oracle and then to EMC Corporation and then uh, was a uh, uh, managed director of Vitalev Solutions, so one of the integration companies in, 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 in Baltics. And uh, and we really worked with uh, EMC storage and and Cisco networks and and VM virtualization and and one of the projects one of the big projects we had, at that time was was uh, cyber range for Estonian defense forces and that cyber range became a um, NATO's uh, cyber range, but I guess for me really the the project when we we built that range that kind of opened a lot my eyes uh, you know what's happening in insecurity and i guess that for me the aha moment was where i understand understood that uh, that how big is a talent gap and um, number one is how are these actually defense systems and uh, that we don't have like by far enough people who are able to do that so and one of the reasons we're not able to do that was that that most of the training ways we train people on that time were really like totally out, outdated for very very different time that's how my journey uh, started did you really work in this uh, in this cyber range or, or your team just uh, did some some um, particular jobs jobs for them in that time, our team built all the infrastructure for uh, cyber range, storage, service, networks, virtualization, so everything which was like the infrastructure layer there. And uh, obviously, my current team members here, they have uh, been participated on those large exercises, but also operating the range of those exercises from different roles in the green team and, 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 and white team and, and, and other roles there. Uh, as well. So yeah, we've got a lot of experience how to use this type of uh, high-end simulation for training defenders. And what we try to do here at, at Rangeforce to take that experience, uh, how to learn to defend under actual attack attacks and make it really scalable to make sure that almost like every student co- could go and, and log in and get the same kind of experience and uh, get really good, good understanding of the cyber and really high level skills of cybersecurity.
this is where the idea came from, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. It's it's again probably one of the the reasons why why we started is is it's just because I I don't have personally like so strong like cyber background, and for me like long time seemed that 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 cyber people they are very special they have like a set of very special skills and um, they are super talented which is all true obviously but when we started to understand that actually cybersecurity starts. Not from the the actual defense, but but uh, but from the right right planning of the systems, uh, building the the systems in, in in secure way and operating them in secure way, and it's it seemed that that it's not only about the the latest attacks, but it is uh, uh, we have to make sure that 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 security people have a good skill level and we have enough them but also that IT operations people and, and developers they have also understanding how to build secure system and that kind of reveal that how big is the cap and also how big is a, a need for the new type of training scalable training and very realistic training hands-on training and that was kind of a point when we thought that that we need to do something about that so we need to address that problem in in, in the world and find the right ways and there was the startup form was the only way you could really like 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 scale the company and 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 build something which is uh, which really helps you to change the world and then the impact in the in the world. I was uh, looking through your website and it was um, it is really good because uh, it gives a lot of information and uh, to be honest, I was a bit surprised that uh, so many people in the company actually should be uh, involved in this um, in this cybersecurity operations. Um, does they have this understanding out there that uh, that uh, not only probably one person should be responsible, but actually uh, all the teams um, should be involved in in um, avoiding such cyber attacks? Yeah, I think it, it, this 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 kind of understanding is um, getting there. Can't really say that all the companies have that, even the the, the largest ones. But so we definitely have seen uh, strong trends in the market, and that was very different, say, ten years ago. Uh, but now more and more uh, large international companies uh, understand that they have to to uh, uh, widen the the, the base, uh, the foundation of the cybersecurity in the in the company, and and educate different people. And I guess it's for cyber. I, I often take a parallel from uh, fire safety. So you you can't have really like single person or single technology to to make you make you safe. It really starts from the planning you know the city layout so you know how close the, the buildings can uh, be to each each other and uh, again the, the great fire of london didn't happen because you didn't have a, a firefighters or, or 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 water in them it happened because the city was planned and built in a way that it was almost impossible to protect it and yes so more major companies understand that and, and provide that tr- the training but we also see that that it's uh, shortage of of the cyber talent is bigger than actually we expected like three years ago or five years ago, because all the big companies and the small companies are fighting for cyber talents, and uh, it it obviously would be great to have people who are re- really uh, trained and and ready and know how to deal with the latest threats. But we, what we have seen now is that it's not always the case. So companies have to hire people who are just like from junior level after the college, and uh, and then they they have to take here to to get to the level where they could defend the, the, the companies. What about the company infrastructure? How much do they pay attention to actually building a safe infrastructure inside? 
Yeah, I think it, it, it again it has changed over the the past two, three, four, five years uh, pretty dramatically. So in previous times, I think security was mostly focused on the on the perimeter defense, make sure that that uh, bad actors couldn't come in. So you've got all those firewalls. But inside the company, the environment itself was more or less trusted. Now more and more we get to the to the idea that that we have to have a zero trust. Even internally, whenever we have a workstation there or a server there, which is only for internal use, that we we kind of think that that also attack may come inside inside the, the company. That there is a chance that that we have insiders or just uh, attackers very successful to to uh, get the credentials, username, password, and then exploit uh, those systems. So I think this is a fundamental change in how we how we look cybersecurity. But it's quite obvious that it needs uh, quite of attention from the entire company and also a lot more resources from the from the company than the the, the previous approach. You already mentioned uh, talent um, that uh, we are all kind of fighting for, uh, and um, you are working in a quite specific, uh, like really specific field. Um, how do you deal with that? Do you have some uh, probably tips uh, how to uh, how to how to deal with the talent issue? I think it's no again no silver bullet really, but uh, and there is like like many levels, and in in company level. I guess that the most important is for the talent to create an environment where they could really uh, open the talent, where they can get to the next level and that the work is really challenging, not easy, but, but challenging for them. And I think this is a kind of challenge of the management to find the right balance between the things, what we have to do and the customers really waiting for us, but also make sure that it would be interesting for, for those people so they could get themselves also in personal development to the, to the next level. Uh, well, uh, compensation, it's, it's, it's understandable. But um, and also like internally to to encourage people to to learn new things and use some of the ideas we we are using for our customers also also in, in internally. But yeah, it's 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 our like specific field is is really needs quite specific talent because when we think about that, what we try to do is is to teach cybersecurity in realistic networks in um, under the real attacks. So ideally, if you create a module. You need to understand uh, networks and attacks, but also how to how to teach, how to train people. So, like edtech side of, of that as well. And what we have seen that uh, there is very few people who actually, you know, are perfect for that. Rather, you take people and and train them and get to the uh, next level. Business is obviously important, but work with the people is is uh, is even more important. Have you noticed some changes in um, education? Um, do probably some more universities create programs specifically for these um, cyber safety issues? Um, have you seen something like that, how it is developing in this education field? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Obviously, uh, here in Baltics, uh, we have a couple of of, of programs uh, uh, in, uh, in in cyber and uh, master degree programs uh, already for a long time. Uh, but also around the world, in 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 states, uh, more and more universities uh, uh, put more effort there. What we have seen is, especially in in US and also in Western Europe, is is that many of those cybersecurity programs are pretty theoretical. 
and and definitely theory part is is important in in, in cybersecurity and we need definitely roles of of writing policies and making sure that compliance is right and and all that stuff but it seems that companies actually need even more people who are able really to to go to the security operations center and, and actually defend uh, companies against their, their attacks it's for universities it is not so easy to to provide that um, um, uh, opportunity for students to to, to learn hands-on but uh, different universities have addressed in, in that in different way and, and definitely more and more universities want to provide that and those looking at the ways how to increase the level of quality of the studies. Does your um, training program, is, um, is there um, several levels uh, like beginner and then intermediate and then advanced or is it just general preparation for certain uh, attacks? How we to look at, at, at this is um, the, the, the main focus right now is uh, Security Operations Center. And we define there in cooperation of, uh, with our main partners and, and customers a uh, couple of levels there. So uh, SOC Security Operations Security Analyst 1, SOC uh, Analyst Level 2 and uh, Threats Hunter. So those are my, our, our main three ones. And we provide learning paths for all those roles. So if somebody comes just out of, of college, it can take probably that SOC Analyst 1 learning path and uh, get, you the, get you the required level. And uh, over the time, probably the next level is then two and then threat hunter. Plus, we're also developing around a learning path around uh, penetration testing. So people who try internally uh, to, to find the weak spots in, in the systems, web application security and other, other areas as well. We definitely have to provide kind of a roadmap for our customers to make sure that, that they could take younger people and skill them up. As well as that advanced part, uh, where we're working with the latest attacks and try to also to to share that what we have seen in the in the world and uh, and show how to how those latest attacks work and how to defend against that. So we we try to keep certain balance between those two directions. Big companies are paying attention to cyber attacks, but uh, do you see some trend that also smaller companies are more paying attention to that? Uh, do you have see probably it in your customer range? Yes, I think so. And um, number one is that the, the reaction for markets. So we have seen really positive signs, not only from the, the largest companies in the world, and they are definitely our main target group, uh, Fortune 1000. But um, but also from the smaller ones. So I cannot even like pick one industry or one size who could be like particularly like interested of our training. So it's pretty widespread. Obviously, smaller companies they because of the limited resources they do have for them it's it's more challenging to to make sure that they are really uh, secure, and and obviously for them it's it's harder to to fight for the talent as well. But I would say yes, they are more aware um, that uh, the cyber threat is is a real one, not like a fictional one. And I guess also that what has changed over the time is is that say ten years ago, probably smaller companies thought that that we are so small that probably nobody is really interested to come after us. Uh, we all know that if we log into the into our uh, news portals, we're going to see ads which are specifically there for us, right? Uh, 
And that that AI machine learning works also obviously in in in, in cyber industry in, in the dark side of the cyber industry. So today I would say that just because you are small, it doesn't mean that uh, you are not the target. Because again, machines do the work and and you are target there as 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 well. But I guess that more companies understand that and and uh, and can also find the ways how to prepare. For, for that. I think the most interesting example is one of our customers, Pipedrive. We, we all know them very well, but uh, they started really from very beginning, uh, focused very strongly on cybersecurity. And at one point, they had around like 150 developers quite a few years ago. But obviously, they could not have security team of 20 or 30 people, right? Even they, they kept the most uh, important customer data there. So what they pushed then was that every developer is, is a defender. And they trained pretty much everyone and, and saw very good result that. So it was like results in the company level and management took really and takes really security very, very uh, seriously. And results were really, really good as well. Uh, you already mentioned artificial intelligence. Um, do you think that it will create some um, really specific and, and big threats in the future or will we will be able to avoid them? AI is obviously used by, by the criminals and also by the defenders. And uh, I would say it's, uh, it's the next level in, in our armed race in, in technology. From defensive side, AI had, can help us really uh, a lot. So recognize certain attack patterns in right time, and also, uh, you know, companies like like Microsoft with a huge install base can can learn in, in one part of the world and enroll it uh, across the globe very very quickly. So that has helped uh, um, a, a lot. But also we have seen is criminals obviously understand uh, that as well and try to find the ways how to confuse AI, how to get around those learning um, uh, algorithms there, or even how to just turn it turn it off for for a, for a while to to get in. There is no way in defensive side we have to use AI. But but again, I'm coming back because obviously because what I do is is that the role of the, the people, despite of the AI, is probably even more important because you have to understand how AI works, which is not a trivial problem at, at at all. And to be able to think again like attackers, so how you could you know attack that AI and make sure that what you get from that AI uh, managed system is is reliable and and safe. I think it is important. Would it like like radically change uh, the picture? Probably even not. It is a new level, but 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 still, we have to keep uh, make sure that that we have the right people who can actually uh, defend us. Uh, what about pandemic time? Did you saw some uh, some um, trends, some new things coming up? Um, how does uh, companies deal with that? Yeah, obviously. Even from our business side, it was the the march was was quite interesting because to see that 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 how it impacts our business, we we had the impact because a uh, number of our customers in in travel industries they um, they had to really uh, take another look at their budget. But others actually probably um, needed even more you know scalable online training what you can take from home. So uh, so this is a really positive trend for for us from the from the training perspective. But in security in, in, in general, it was obviously a hard time for for defenders and and still is and, and kind of a good time for for attackers. 
because again, if you're a large organization and, and you have to make sure that your people c- could really work uh, from home, but the organization is not prepared for that. So it means uh, probably like VPNs and remote desktop systems and, and many of those implemented kind of ad hoc very, very quickly, which means that it is not always guaranteed that they are well tested and, and uh, you can make sure that there is no you know, open doors somewhere in, in, the, in the system. And, and even the fact that, that because you, you, you need to communicate more over the email, uh, that, that traffic goes up, it's probably easier also to, to run a phishing campaign against the, the companies. So in general, yes, uh, the number of attacks definitely increased um, a, a, a lot, and we had, had more problems. Hopefully, this kind of uh, way to move people or distribute more people um, helps us to security also like like come up very soon or kind of enforce that uh, importance of the of the of the security. So so probably we we can fix everything. But uh, but yeah, this um, this was a different period definitely than it used to be uh, before. Uh, from what you are saying, I'm I'm uh, just thinking that um, cybersecurity takes some time. It cannot be like turned on and and that's it. You have to um, take some time to do that, right? To make uh, systems very secure is actually like very simple. You just shut them down and they are secure. But uh, it is not an option, obviously. Uh, but 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 true again. Going back to that fire safety, is that it is hard to take an old house and make it totally fireproof. It is much easier to build a new one and make sure that that you 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 build it according to all the standards and, and norms. But uh, but in IT, quite often you cannot just like throw away what you have. You have to to uh, make safer uh, what you have. So the the legacy system. So it is it is not easy, but um, but it is not hopeless as as, as well. I guess that um, that uh, what we have seen today is very roughly two types of cyber attacks, and and one type of those attacks are they are really well designed, um, and those groups are, are have designed and created those attacks are are well funded, and they are very specific against the certain data or or, or company or, or 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 whatever, and it's really too hard to fight those those because you know they are designed specifically and and find the ways how to evade all the defenses, but that's like a minority of the uh, cyber attacks around us or vast majority of the, the cyber attacks uh, do not use like very specific and, and uh, latest techniques, uh, but rather use weaknesses of the defenders. And meaning that sometimes we have just, uh, you know, we're leaving the doors open. Uh, so we've got like default password in our system or all the phishing attacks, things like that. Uh, so kind of like common sense and making sure that that we just uh, maintain our systems and use our systems in a disciplined way helps a lot against those like easy attacks and that can be already you know pretty crucial for for defending companies and what about your platform in which step it should um, be taken into this pl- whole plan of cybersecurity Probably skills are, are 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 required from day one. So say that we have a, a company we've got around like ten people in the in, in the cyber team. They are, obviously they have to have those skills, and probably then you need to to hire a couple of more people. So you want to make sure that they actually have the skills what they what they tell they have. It is 
interesting that most of the certifications available in, in cyber are based on multiple choice questions. So if somebody, you know, gives you certification and shows the, the, the paper, he or she may have those skills, but, uh, but it's, it's not really guaranteed just by that certification. Again, what we can do is, is provide um, you know, very practical exercise, and it's, uh, the result is pretty simple. So can you defend against the attack? Can you stop the attack or not? So we can really see that what is a hands, uh, hands-on skill level of, of, of that, that per- person. And then the next step is is probably like awareness of of your IT personnel, operations people, developers, uh, run kind of a cyber um, events where which is like you know fun to do like hacking or vice versa, actually defending of of, of systems. And a uh, number of companies have used this kind of kind of uh, roadmap. And uh, it's interesting again going back to the talent problem there that when they run those kind of hackathons or or defensive uh, cyber exercises. Quite often, they can find the great talents inside the company. And we have seen that one of 25 developers, for example, is, is almost like ready for, for cyber because they have so strong IT backgrounds. But cyber is, is obviously IT. Then, then also this awareness and, and finding uh, also new, t- new talent to, to your cyber team. Coming back to the company, um, uh, so you have recently raised uh, $16 million or euro? <laughs> Dollars, yes. So uh, what are your plans? Um, what do you plan to do? Our mission is, is to make uh, IT professionals, so security people, uh, developers, uh, IT operations people, the strongest link in, in, in cyber defense. So that means that we have to build really content for them so that modules where they can really learn uh, what, whatever makes sense for them. So we have to, number one, to build the content. Other thing is is that we have to like improve our platform to make sure that the learning process itself would be more understandable, easier. Uh, you know, concept like adaptive learning that that if you know the concept, you, you can you know s- uh, skip that. Or if the the module is too hard for you, we can just automatically su- suggest a, a, a simpler one, things like that, just to make sure that it is like accessible, understandable. And the third is is then obviously like sales and marketing because if we really wanna wanna make an impact in the world, then we have to just to make sure that that our customers, potential customers, know about us, and um, and they start to use our solution solution. So we we obviously then invest uh, heavily in in our engineering organization in in Tallinn and Estonia, as well as worldwide uh, sales sales operations. So the main uh, goal is U.S. markets, but now we're expanding also to Europe. Uh, to UK and also thinking very seriously about other other continents as well. And uh, currently, you have just one office in Tallinn. We actually have uh, our engineering is in Tallinn. Our business uh, runs from uh, from um, US for Manassas. Uh, it's a one hour drive from uh, Washington DC, and uh, and we have also uh, four people in in UK. So in in our London office. So just ex- expanding. Still, most of the people are in in Estonia, but uh, not for long. So we are we are truly global. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have uh, mostly Estonian people in your tre- in your team, or is it uh, international? Quite international. So at one day, I try to count all the languages we we speak natively, and um, and I get to ten or something, and then I lost the track. Yeah. So we we try to get the 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 best people and. Uh, and inside the Tallinn office as well, as I said, we have a, a number of, of different languages. 
Do you also use uh, startup support programs to get those people uh, to Tallinn, to Estonia? It has actually been quite helpful, this uh, uh, support to get the visas and, and work permits, uh, definitely. Because again, as, as we, uh, uh, Taltec um, has a strong um, uh, cyber defense program, a master's degree program there, and that has been a good source for us to, to, to recruit a good talent. And, and many of those students are obviously coming from, from, from all around the world. And uh, the, the fact that they actually can pretty quickly get, uh, they have a work uh, permit already and they can extend it, um, that has been really helpful and save us a lot of, uh, from a lot of bureaucracy. So basically the whole ecosystem really works uh, f- for such companies as yours uh, to, to get this talent and, and uh, to use it. Oh yes, absolutely, and and I think for 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 our startup scene uh, or anywhere actually, the the access to that talent is 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 the most important uh, thing at, at at all. And uh, I remember f- quite a few years in in one of the visits in U.S. with with Prime Minister delegation, we had a, a meeting in um, one of the federal agencies of U.S. Uh, they are responsible for pretty much uh, recruiting for U.S. Uh, top um, uh, governmental agencies, and uh, and we obviously told you know how great it is to to build a business here, and they asked that it's all good, but how can you actually make um, uh, Harvard or MIT grads to jump to the plane and fly to to, to, to Baltics. And I guess that's, that's how we have to think about it, how we can, you know, create an environment that top uh, people could really think that Estonia or, or Latvia or Lithuania, I want to really work there because I can advance my career there. So we have to everything, we have to make everything what, uh, what we can to, to, to get to that, that level. Yeah, I think um, also that we should uh, all work together really to 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 get those students here and to get those people there. Because yeah, I agree that this is a great great place where to start uh, your business and expand it in Baltics. Uh, yeah, I, I think really the 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 for starting the business, uh, I think it's it's really great. There is a pretty quickly you reach to the next obstacle because you cannot really scale that. But I guess that's a good thing because that you know forces you to think really globally, internationally. And I guess that the startups in 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 France or even in UK, uh, they are probably they can scale uh, uh, much longer in their in their home country, but they probably have more troubles with with uh, uh, going like global to global markets. So I think it's it's a problem of, of of Baltic states, but also maybe it's in a certain way of an advantage that we are forced to go out. And we have very good examples uh, of of uh, scaling globally, I yes. think, for Estonia especially. Cool. Okay, Davi, thank you for your time, and I wish you all the best uh, with your with your aims and um, really to make uh, this world a better place in in terms of uh, cybersecurity. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you are interested in advertising or other collaboration activities with Baltic Startup Mafia podcast, please check the website balticmafia.eu for more information. There you can also find all previous episodes with the greatest startups from Baltic countries. Stay safe and talk to you soon. My name is Eva and I'm the host of the Baltic Startup Mafia podcast.